Time is now 11 minutes past 10 o'clock. Let's turn to the first part of today's brunch, and that is trash talk. And this week, we're talking about growing lettuce in buildings without soil and with 90% less water than agriculture uses. Now, uh, Marcy Trent Long will be hearing about a new farming initiative in Hong Kong called Vertical Farming, and she'll be chatting with King Lai, the founder of Genius Greens. Hey, Trash Talk listeners, a few planetary statistics to get you started on your day. Did you know that half of the world's habitable land, meaning the land that we live in, is used for agriculture? 70% of global freshwater use is for agriculture? And food accounts for over 26% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Well, we love our food here in Hong Kong, but maybe there's a better way to produce it so that we don't leave such a heavy toll on our planet. Here to talk to us about a new farming initiative in Hong Kong called Vertical Farming is King Lai, founder of Genius Greens. Welcome to the show, King. Hey, thank you for inviting me. Well, this goes way back with Mr. Lai. I knew Mr. Lai King when he was a digital marketing executive in Hong Kong and China. So how does a digital marketing executive get into vertical farming? Well, I've always been interested, not just on the sidelines, but personally wanting to get involved with some participation to help with the environment um, and helping to make the plant better. So even though I was doing my day job, I was uh, doing a side gig, experimenting and doing some R&D on uh, vertical farming. So I rented some space, started uh, putting together prototypes and focused on developing an approach in hydroponics called aeroponics. So we went through the R&D phase and I felt during COVID period where I couldn't travel anymore to put full attention focus on expanding what we've been able to do uh, with the production system and start a scaling and knocking on doors to get business. And Trash Talk listeners, I just want to highlight this point. When when King says that he started, you know, looking at this different type of farming, during COVID, he was in there, you know, watering his own plants, hanging all the shelves for all the plants, right? King Lai was engineer in charge of doing this. Yeah, it was a, it's, it still is. It started as a passion project and it still is. And uh, I think that uh, anything that uh, you want to make real, you have to have that kind of commitment, uh, get personally involved, hands-on. And um, the fact that I am hands-on means that I'm knowledgeable about all the different aspects of the system, how it all works, so then I can get hands-on in developing the team that we have working on Genius Greens now. Yeah, I think that's super important. So you actually understand the science from uh, plant to soil. Oh, wait, there's no soil, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, in fact, in the case of aeroponics, it also differentiates from other forms of uh, growing without soil in that the roots are hanging in the air and we use high pressure aeroponics so the nutrients are misted onto the roots that are hanging in the air. 
Okay. And I read on your website something about oxygenating. So tell us about how without soil and just using the air and that bit of mist, you're still able to get all the nutrients to make your yummy lettuces and other plants. Yeah, great. Um, soil itself is actually a substrate. Is it soil, what? Sorry, a substrate. So the nutrients is not soil itself. So soil actually has to have air pockets in it as well. And the moisture, the water flows through the soil, carrying the nutrients to the roots. So our plants are able to get the air and the nutrients because it never depended on soil. So the fact that the roots are hanging in the air means that it can absorb all the oxygen that it wants and the nutrient mist um, landing on the roots, which are able to spread out naturally as if it's in soil so that it takes in all the nutrients and all the oxygen that it would want. Huh. And then how do you get it from seed to plant then? This is speaking as a person who kills every indoor plant I purchase in my house. So I, <laughs> I can't imagine you doing um, this daily. Yeah. So we do actually the process, even though technology is involved uh, and there are multiple steps, the overall process actually emulates nature to a very large extent. So the seed gets put into a sponge and it gets soaked, just like as if you were putting a seed into a soil and you water it, then it will sprout. Uh, roots will spread out in the bottom. Then what we'll do is we start that off in a nursery, let the uh, young tender uh, sprouts grow to a sufficient size, hardiness, then we transplant it uh, from the nursery out into our growing system, which is the full aeroponic system. And that's where it grows to full size. We harvest, and in our case, we harvest by not cutting it. We harvest with the root ball intact so that our members at our restaurants actually gets the plant still alive. And okay. that gives it the maximum freshness and maximum shelf life. Oh, interesting. So what is the shelf life then after you pop it out? Our members tell us that it goes beyond two weeks. Uh, so once you receive our lettuce, you put it into the refrigerator, no special handling, put it in the refrigerator and people go away on vacation. They tell us they come back and some even say three weeks later, they're still eating our plants because the way we package it, it's kind of its own bio uh, sphere, if you will. And um, the roots are still intact, so the moisture is still there and the plant stays alive. Huh, super interesting. Boy, it's a good thing they didn't use your lettuce for the famous Liz Truss video in the last couple of weeks because, well, it definitely would have outlasted her, right? Yeah, less association with so when we say vertical farming too, everything you're talking about is indoors, like wipe away that, that idea that this is one, you know, big swath of open air agriculture. This is, you know, a number, how many shelves depends on the height of the warehouse, I suppose. And yes, um, 
the phrase that the industry uses is called um, controlled environment agriculture. And um, the different variations in our case, yes, vertical farming, urban vertical farming. And the limitation on height, uh, number shelf is, as you said, limited by the ceiling heights. So in Hong Kong, most of the space is light manufacturing. So the ceiling heights are not that high. Uh, so we repurpose uh, unused space. Hong Kong has quite a bit of unused uh, light manufacturing space because a lot of the light manufacturing was moved into China starting decades ago. And so we have quite a bit of a building stock that's empty. So this is a great way of uh, repurposing underutilized space to grow food. And we grow multiple levels. In our case, we grow four to five levels heights inside um, about eight and a half feet. Um, and the yields that you get then is quite significant in terms of uh, versus soil base. So two things, one, the vertical height plus indoors. So we will harvest 52 times once a week. They harvest 52 times a year on the same square footage versus soil base. So global average for soil base growing is three to five kilograms per square meter per year. Our yield at Genius Greens is 110 kilograms per square meter per year. Amazing. And we'll be increasing that. So is that, is the warehouse and the finding places to grow effectively, is that your biggest challenge or is it your um, off takers, meaning who you sell the product to? Uh, because we're new, both is a challenge. Uh, Hong Kong real estate is notorious, obviously. So yes, <laughs> it's, it's quite a challenge, particularly where most of the space is in short-term leases. So as a market or a city, all of us caring about it in, in wanting to support industries like this, we would need the kind of enlightenment uh, where people can be willing to look at longer term leases. We're lucky. We have a great landlord who did do that with us. Uh, so we're on our second five year lease, for example. Um, so is that that's your minimum is five year, but you'd love a 10 year, for instance, if you could do it? Oh, absolutely. Because mm. agriculture is a long term business. We're yeah. Here, we're here to feed people, and anything in agriculture actually has a kind of horizon. When you look at the, the, the business, the, what we need to be doing over, never mind, five, 10, 15 years out. Yeah, oh, it's really interesting because the recyclers have a lot of the same problem. It's hard for, uh, we just interviewed Mill Mill and Harold Yip and his issue is he's he can't find a long-term lease for his liquid carton yes. recycling place, so, huh. All right. Well, this is a government show, so maybe someone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, tell us also about the waste issues. I mean, you, you've already mentioned that you don't need a lot of soil. You don't need a lot of water. What are some of the other waste benefits of vertical farming? Yeah. Packaging is always a nuanced issue. Packaging is there to protect quality of your product. Um, and one of the th issues of waste, big issues of waste is food waste. So from in agriculture, as much as 30% plus 
is wasted at farm gate even, and then going to consumer. So how well you package it is important. So when we, in today's world, we talk about, well, plastics is, is not good, but plastics is important in terms of protecting the quality of food so that you reduce waste. So the key is always finding that balance. So for us, reuse, recycle, and being responsible in how you manage all that is important. So we don't use any single-use plastics, even though we do use plastics to protect the food so that we don't uh, have as much waste. In fact, our waste is, I would say, less than 10% um, because of how well we protect it. And so therefore, we use multi-use packaging that we encourage our members and restaurants to reuse and as many times as possible which would then reduce the greenhouse gas emissions on the production of packaging as well, um, then put it into recycling. And as a convenience for our members, because we do regular delivery and we can pick up. So we do certain uh, product where we provide them with reusable boxes, like the microgreens, 100% um, compostable jute pads uh, as opposed to soil that get tossed into food composting. Then the packaging we take back, we wash, and we reuse. So in that case, in microgreens, zero plastic waste. In the case of the lettuce, the bags we can take back and we put into recycling at, um, there's a place called Green uh, that we put it in for, for recycling. Oh, that's really wonderful. All right, so not only are you low water usage, low impact on the environment, but you're also circular. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we try to be. All right. So how do we find you? We can go to your website, obviously. And I know you have a membership program and at geniusgreens.com. Geniusgreens.com. Okay. And so mm -hmm. we can, you can sign up for a membership there or just buy your product, right? Yeah. Member or non-members can buy. And of course we provide special member benefits, uh, free delivery. So the convenience of getting our greens because we're not sold in any store. And that is another benefit where you know where the source is. It goes direct from source to your home and members get free delivery. Perfect. And also any corporations listening out there, King does sell to the Mandarin Oriental. Am I allowed to say that? And some very yes. high-end hotels. So it's... It is a very delicious product. Thank you so much for joining us today, King. Thank you very much, Marcy, for uh, inviting me. <laughs> Have a good day. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. Cheers to Marcy for this week's Trash Talk. She'll be back again next Monday.